Hey, this is Marcy Isaacs. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Hope you enjoy. Hey guys, I am super pumped about this podcast today. I am interviewing some of my honestly most favorite people. I've known these guys for, uh, I don't know, 15 years, maybe 20 years. I don't know, a long time. Um, we've known each other through ministry stuff, uh, ministry events and such. And a lot of you will recognize the name when I tell you. It is Jim and Cece Birch. And hey. Cece's going to say hi. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to interview them more in the future because um, today we're just going to do kind of a testimony of specifically Jim's life and what the Lord's done because he has such a powerful story. But I also want to come back another time and talk about what they're doing right now because when I met them, they had just begun to be pastors in um, a church in Okmogi. But their um, heart's desire was to someday be a missionary. Um, and so that's what they're doing now. They're in Peru and they're missionaries in Peru and they're doing some incredible things. You can follow them on Facebook. You can um, ask to be a part of their email and updates and stuff like that, which would be awesome. And you can also give towards their ministry, which would be amazing. But today I, I just can't help but to have Jim share what God has brought him out of because I think that it can um, encourage a lot of people where they're at today. So, Jim, Howdy. I'm going to hand it over to you. So go for it, wherever okay. you want to start. I am excited to be here. Thank you, Marcy. What an honor. And uh, yeah, I was only three years old when we met. Um, <laughs> just did it to kids. <laughs> I'm not much older than that now. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Everybody's believing that right now, really. Yeah. Yeah. My story is is a bit different in in that uh, I grew up with fantastic parents, a fantastic family, the best grandparents a kid could ask for. I grew up in a neighborhood that was so very safe for children. And uh, there were about a dozen families in our area that we were all very close friends. Their mother and dad were my mom and dad, and my mom and dad were theirs. And uh, it was just a leave it to beaver type situation. And my my parents were Christians. I grew up in church. Uh, my father was not a pastor, but he helped. Uh, begin the church in our town. There wasn't a Methodist church where we were living at the time, and he helped start that. And this is my salute to my dad. Every morning possible, the entire family, six of us, were at the breakfast table, and my dad shared a devotion and read from the Bible. So I have absolutely no excuse for uh, the things that I did. It was all by choice bad choices, I will say. Um, my dad did pass away when I was 14, and we moved to Oklahoma. And it was a a changing time in the U.S., and I found myself wanting to be a part of the crowd, so I started doing some things to be a part. And it ended up 
this is this is the part that got me into the most trouble. No matter what my friends and family did, I had to do a little bit more of it. I had to be just a little bit worse, a little bit more noticeable. And it was it was the addiction to fun and the addiction to girls that caused me to to enjoy uh, the drugs and the alcohol. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So <laughs> the scripture where Paul says, uh, I am the chiefest of sinners is is very deep in me. I understand that well because I was not the biggest robber. I wasn't the biggest murderer, but I was the one who knew better. Every day of my life, the Holy Spirit reminded me that he was with me, and I continued to uh, do the things that I did. <clears throat> I, <clears throat> excuse me, I married fairly young to a girl who was a Christian, and we went to church for a little while, but uh, that didn't last long. We had three children together, and I was anything but a good dad. I was too busy having fun. I was too busy still going out and doing what I wanted to. And bless her heart, she put up with me for quite a while, but even even she had her limits, and I found myself living with <laughs> friends. and. <clears throat> I was, I have to say, I was at the height of fun in my life when I met Cece, who was a barmaid. She was working in the bar, and I, uh, <laughs> I was a bar fly. We got along great, and uh, <laughs> there was just immediate connection on my part. It took her a little bit longer, uh, <laughs> but she would work until midnight. And we would go out dancing and we would go out and have fun on Saturday nights, especially stay out most of the night. And we'd find ourselves watching the sun come up together. And the third or fourth um, time of that, she asked me, she said, do you ever go to church? Do you believe in God? Yeah. And I said, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so we went to a very charismatic, very lively church. And it was hilarious. My mindset, when the worship started, these people started dancing. And in my mind, that was the worst thing that could happen is to dance in a church. <laughs> and I heard the Lord ask me, but it's okay to go dancing in the bars all night. Um, and so <clears throat> I, I got a phone call a few days later from my brother. She told me to meet him at the police station. Uh, I was in a lot of trouble. And he was somebody well-known in the community, and he also had a very good job with a lot more money than I did. And he bailed me out of my trouble, and when I thanked him, he looked at me and he said, no, that's okay, you'll never amount to anything anyway. Wow. And this is my big brother, this is my hero, and what, what hurt was the fact that he was right. Uh, I was worthless at that time. In fact, I was doing people more harm than good. And it really convicted me. And, and I began to seek the Lord even, even more at that time. Cece and I decided to get married. Um, our life, We were living together. The Lord convicted us. We knew we needed more. And the Sunday night before we were to be married, the following Saturday, 
I was arrested. And the judge told me I was going to do 17 years. And I tried to call CC several times. I, you know, you're only supposed to get one call, but they were gracious to me. And, and this was before cell phone days. And I called and I called and I called and I called for three days. Uh, couldn't get a hold of her. I knew she had abandoned me. She was done. She didn't want a jailbird. Uh, <laughs> and all those things. And I sat down on my bunk. And I don't know how many other people have ever done this. I'm sure I'm not the only one. But I had prayed many, many, many times that, well, Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise I'll never do it again. And right. I maybe once or twice kept that promise. I just found another way to do things. But this time was different. This time, uh, my heart was broken. I knew I needed something more. And I sat down and I said, okay, Lord, 17 days, 17 years, it doesn't matter how long I'm here. Lord, can I get to know you? Can I know not my parents, God, not my grandparents, God, not the preachers, God. I want to know you for myself. And within two hours of that prayer, uh, I was out of the jail on a $10 fine. Wow. And only God can do those things. God and, and Cece in the background doing a lot of footwork that I didn't know about at the time. Uh, she made some phone calls, made a couple of trips, took care of a few things. And by the grace of God, I was out. But eight months later, I was going back in to jail. But this time was not because I was in trouble. I was asked to give my testimony. And well, actually, it wasn't to give my testimony. I was asked to actually preach. And I had never preached. I just wanted to go along with this guy and see what jail ministry was all about. I was full of the Holy Spirit. I was alive. But I was petrified. And he introduced me and he told me, uh, go ahead and preach. And I took about 12 seconds to give my first sermon. I have no clue what I said. I have no clue what scripture I used. I know mm -hmm. I must have sweated five gallons. And and I sat down and one of the guys in the back of the room stood up and he started walking forward. And he uh, wouldn't look directly at me, but he looked up in the corner of the room and he asked me if I would pray for him. Well, I'd never prayed for anybody and I didn't know what to do. So I just asked him, what, what do you want prayer for? And again, he wouldn't look at me, he looked in the corner of the room and he said, just pray for me. And I'm like, I don't know how to pray, especially if I don't know what to pray for. And he said, come on, pray for me. And I, I, at the time I didn't understand why I did what I did, but I know it was the Holy Spirit's directing now. The guy that I went in with, I asked him if he would stand behind this gentleman. And uh, the Lord said, put your hand on his chest. And I said, Lord, we're in prison. You you put your hand on his chest. You don't touch guys in prison. I, that I didn't know. The Lord <laughs> said, put your hand on his chest. So I did. And the Lord said, uh, tell him to close his eyes. And you close your eyes. And I said, Lord, we don't close eyes in prison. And he said, uh, uh, tell him to close your eyes and tell him to close his. So we did. And the Lord said, touch his forehead. So I reached up and there wasn't anything there. And I felt around for a minute and finally felt something at my feet. And I opened my eyes. And he and this and my friend were on the floor. 
And now this man comes up and he's looking me in the eye and he says, what have you done to me? I said, I, I don't know. And he grabbed me and he looked me in the eye and he says, what have you done to me? Well, at, I didn't know at the time, but I found out later when he came into that room, he was legally blind. And when he came off that floor, he could see. And the Lord asked wow. me, the Lord asked me, if you rolled up all the fun in your life that you've ever had, can it even come close to what just happened? And that was that was where my addiction changed from having fun and adventure to sharing the word of God. And it has been an extremely fun and adventurous life since then. That's been 30 years ago and two weeks since that happened. Wow. Well, I have to say that you're one of the funnest. Both of you are one of the funnest people. <laughs> Seriously. One thing that you'll do if you hang out with this couple is you will laugh. You will laugh. They are a blast. And you know, that's what I love about God is that he is fun. He is. He's he's so different than than a lot of people think that he is. You know, he doesn't change our personalities. He takes what we were in our brokenness and he takes the positive things and they become more beautiful, Yeah. but he heals the broken parts of our life. So I have a question for you. Um, how did you deal with, um, did you ever have, when you came out of all of those things, the sense that God will never forgive you because you've just done too much? How did you go from that feeling to knowing that God loved you completely into wholeness? Because I know that's a big step that a lot of people don't want to take because they've just done too much. They've gone too far. How can God accept them? Yeah. And uh, I think that you understand that feeling. So how did you overcome that shame and that um, sense of rejection that you could have that was that was just a an overwhelming gift of God that he gave me was was the understanding that his grace is bigger than anything else and it continues mm-hmm. to be uh we are not perfect by any means I'm a little more than she is but uh, <laughs> and, and, I don't know about that huh CC <laughs> But Cece's pretty perfect. We need to pray for Jen. (laughs) We will at the end of this. We will have a time of prayer. Yeah, this is this is one of the neatest things the Lord has shown me that He does not expect perfection from us. He has us on the road toward the perfect one. And I am not who I was thirty years ago. I'm not who I was ten years ago. And by the grace of God, I won't be tomorrow who I am today. Uh, and this is mm-hmm. this is the motto the Lord has given us. Uh, by His grace, please come as you are. The door is open for us to come just as we are. And His grace is enough that He won't leave us as we are. Uh, he doesn't mm-hmm. expect us to change, but as we get closer and closer, he reveals things to us that, oh, okay, I see. And it's, it's, um, it's that path of uh, construction, that path of renewal that is it's wonderful. Hmm. And you no longer see yourself as that sinner, but as someone that the Lord picked up out of that fire. I think it says in Zephaniah or some, something like that. It's like a, a twig snatched from the fire that the Lord 
literally pulls us out of that place and just creates something brand new in us. And that's what happens. Well, I have a little bit when, different picture of, of the rescue. We go to Mardi. We went to Mardi Gras for several years to witness, and there is a <laughs> corner with fifteen to twenty porta potties, uh, and they're oh. there all week. The the there's more than a million people in the French Quarter at any time, so it's difficult for vehicles to get in and out. And these porta potties are not clean for the week, and you can smell them two blocks away, mm. and. Yeah. Okay. I Can hope, you imagine? Yeah. I hope this isn't <laughs> offensive, but it's what the Lord used to show me that it is not offensive. That he <clears throat> came to Earth. He walked into the nastiest of the porta potties, rolled up his sleeve, mm. reached in, found the nastiest thing he could find in there, and pulled it out and began to clean it and shape it and form it. And that's me. I'm still not wow. perfected. I'm still not. But His glory. His glory is what's coming out. And I love that. (laughs) And you have so much compassion for people that are in that place. I've been around you enough that you just have this evangelistic heart that you would not be content staying in a church and just being around Christians. There is this thing in you that drives you to reach the lost because you've been in that place. You've been in that brokenness. You've been in that um, addiction. And I think every single one of us need to really search our hearts and say, do we have that driving passion for the lost? If we don't, we need to get to that place where it bothers us that people don't know the Lord because it's so much better. It's so much sweeter. And how dare we not have that burden on our life to, to recognize when somebody needs him. So I do have something to say. Hi, Cece. Because (laughs) <laughs> so as you're talking about that, the scripture that just comes to mind is when Jesus, after um, John the Baptist was killed and Jesus went up on the mountain to pray and to be alone, you know, because that was his cousin and he knew the plan mm-hmm. of God and yet, you know, still hurt. But when the crowds followed him, even in his own um form of grief, he looked over the crowd and he had compassion on them. And he said, they're like sheep without a shepherd. I have compassion on these people. And that's Mm. how God has called us in whether we're grieving or obviously we're all broken. We're being renewed, but we still have those broken areas. And he called us to look at the people around us. With compassion, with yeah. his compassion, with his eyes, with his heart. Mm. And that really motivates mm. us. We really want to be like Jesus. Oh, he's so good at loving us, he isn't he? Is. Wow. What he's given to us, we just want to share that same grace and that same love with others. Absolutely. So to finish off, one of you or both of you, um, what would you what would you say to somebody that's in that place of just um feeling like they're worthless, feeling like uh, they've been forgotten, feeling like they've just done too much. Just say a few words to somebody that might be Delicious. feeling that, that's listening. I think, we do. I think we're cut off. Well, 
Well, it looks like we have lost Jim and Cece. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and end this and, um, we're going to have them on again because they're, they're such, as you can tell, such a rich couple in the Lord and, um, what they're doing on the mission field is incredible, but I felt like uh, this testimony is something that we can all be encouraged from. And um, all right, so I'll see you guys soon with another podcast. Hey, this is Marcy Isaacs. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you have a great day. I mean, there's no 